So Pastor Yosmar and I um, together decided that this would be a wonderful time. You've heard me speak for four years about discipleship. Um, I lead our discipleship initiatives here at St. John. Um, I lead our small group, uh, you know, facilitation and all that good stuff. And he's been here for three months, a little over three months already. Wow, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome having him. And so we thought this would be a cool time to have a little bit of a Q&A with Pastor Yosmar about his thoughts on discipleship, because we do have um, one of our core values is being a disciple-driven church. So I'm going to ask some questions, and he's going to give us some answers. Um, Eventually, what we're going to do, not today, but later down the road, we're going to have you all give us questions, and then we'll get to answer them. But this is a warm-up for when that comes, all right? (laughs) You'll be prepared and know how this feels for the future when we get to do that. So first of all, um, Pastor Yosmar, thanks for being with us today. (laughs) (laughs) Make it feel like a a talk show. I feel like an interview. I wore my blazer and everything. (laughs) I wanted to ask you just a real simple question of who is a disciple? Well, first, buenos dias. Good morning. (laughs) So, um, one of the things about discipleship is that first, it's not um, discipleship is in the context of Jesus, and that's where we need to start. So, what I'm going to share today is not for the Hispanic people or for the African people or African Americans or whoever. this This is from the scriptures and how Jesus led that. So if we use Jesus and what he did in the scripture as a concept or a definition for discipleship, I would say that discipleship is a process of becoming like someone. And that's very important to uh, make that distinction. It's not a class (laughs) that you take and you go one-on-one check, I'm a disciple. Doesn't happen, it doesn't work like that. Um, so it's a, it's a process. It's a process of becoming like Jesus. Becoming, um, Jesus came to show to us, to model to us, how a child of God looked like. So now we have to become disciples and transform our life and adjust our life to Jesus. And a true disciple is one that when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have your own priorities, you have your own life, you have your own needs. But when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, Jesus now is at the center of your life, and you are called to rearrange your life around Jesus. And that's, that's huge, because some people are not able to do that. They keep living the same life, um, even though they receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to become a disciple, then we have to arrange, rearrange everything. Now we give priority to the kingdom of God, knowing that everything else will be added. Awesome. So you've been here for a few months as a mm-hmm. church whose value is to be discipleship driven. Mm-hmm. Um, in what ways have you seen St. John living out that core value as a church and as people? Excellent question. So in two months, so if you ask me in three months, um, then I will change my answer. Because uh, I'm, I'm still observing and asking questions and learning and learning. But so St. John, I experienced, and even with my family, we, we, we talk about it all the time. So St. John is a very loving and giving church. Um, so even people and doing interviews, and we experience it in our own families, people feel welcome here. So if we can get people here, they would not go away. That's a fact. <laughs> Okay, so this church is very loving, very giving. Another big one is hospitality. 
you know, this church is very strong on, on, on hospitality. We have Mary Louise, I don't know what she is, but she is She's like- working. A, she has, she has a glorified body. She moves fast, <laughs> you know, and do things all the time, nonstop. Uh, you know, so she, she's awesome. But you know, the church as a whole, very strong on hospitality, feel, uh, making people feel welcome. Uh, another big one that I also see is mission. Um, most of the churches, even as a superintendent in my past role, it's really hard to um, lead church out of the four walls. <laughs> it's really hard to have an outward um, focus in churches. Most churches are inwardly focused. Uh, St. John is like up there. I mean, we have so many missions, so many opportunities, so many things that are happening, so many members of um, St. John are in key positions in the community, serving so many people, touching so many lives. And because we are one church, you need to know that when these people, when who are part of St. John family, whatever they are doing is an expression of St. John. Why? Because no one is sent on his own. We are all sent by the church. So that's why it's so important that we see them and being you know, grateful and appreciate who they, what they do because they are actually representing the church wherever they go. So that's, that's passionate and that, that's, that's, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and I want to see more and more of that. But those are the, the big things. Oh, one more that I see in so many churches that I don't see here. Um, St. John is free of debt. That's a miracle. So you just, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, a, that's huge. Uh, most churches are in debt, and because they are in debt, they cannot do ministry. All the money goes to debt. Imagine that. Um, so it's so important to, you know, have the resources to actually serve the mission of God. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's a. It, it does. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm a tough cookie, you know. <laughs> so Jesus makes it very clear um, that the gospel being lived out depends on disciples. It depends on discipleship and making disciples. So how do we as disciples apply this truth to our lives, not only outside the church you've talked about, but also inside the church? Good. Well, let me, let me clarify a little bit what a disciple is not. And maybe that will help you also to see my, the perspective you know, of discipleship in the context of the gospel. So number one, discipleship, you know, to, how to live it out in the church and outside of the church. Discipleship, as I said, is not a class. It's, something, it's, it's becoming someone. It's not, it's not something that you get. It's not a, a trophy or a class or, or something that you get. Discipleship is something, is something you become. Discipleship um, is not a destination, so it's a journey. So you never make it unless you die. <laughs> um, you, know, you, you are always growing. You are always, you are always constant uh, improving yourself, your mind, your soul, your spirit. So it's, it's, it's not a destination. It's a, it's a journey. Another piece, important piece, is discipleship is not, um, it's not a, a, a competing with other people. So we don't compete with Southeast, <laughs> okay? Um, discipleship is about complementing, finding each other gifts and graces, and we complement each other. Like Southeast, they are reaching people we're not going to reach. It's a different audience. We have our own audience, and every church has a purpose. So we need to find our purpose and just leave it out and the people who are called to be here will be here. 
Okay, so that's very important. You know, it's not, it's not competing, it's complementing. We complement each other. Another big one for America, discipleship is not about attachment, it's about detachment. So even though God wants to bless us and give us good things, we don't attach to those things. Okay, and, and most of the stress and the anxiety that we have is based on attachment. And the moment you let go, you begin to rest, right? Because discipleship is about detachment, it's about letting go, it's about letting go. Another piece is that discipleship is not transactional, it's relational. So it's not about give me and I give you, God bless me and I do this. It's about relationship. You know, we have to be connected in a relationship, you know, with God in doing that. Um, another big piece of discipleship is not individualistic, it's communal. So Jesus is coming for his church, not for the person in his house, okay? Because we are members, and we are members of the body of Christ when we become one. So Jesus is coming back for his church, not for the person that is disconnected from the body of Christ. So it doesn't matter how life looks like, we all have to be connected, and that's why it's so important to be part of the body of Christ. So discipleship is communal. It's, there is a, an individual piece of it, but it's mostly communal, and that's very important. And also, with that, discipleship is not about independence, it's about dependence. So if you want to be, the moment you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you surrender your agenda, you surrender um, everything, and now you embrace the kingdom agenda and you embrace Jesus. So you have to depend on him. Like, the, you know, if you take a fish out of the water, the fish will die. If you take, you know, a tree out of the soil, the soil will die. So if we disconnect from God, we're done. We will die. And I don't know if you see a fish. You take a fish out of the water. <laughs> right? And then they, they freeze you and you are like this. So some people are, you know, if you are disconnected from prayer, from the presence of God, you start having scissors. <laughs> you know, you, you, your anxiety and panic and fear, all of that, you know, sneak in. Um, so it's important to be connected to God. So that, that's what discipleship is. But then how do we take all of that and leave it in the church? Well, first, there has to be a balance. A, a true disciple in the 21st century is one that has a testimony. So people know who you are, and they know that you are a Christian. You are not from the FBI or secret service. <laughs> everybody knows in your work, your family, work, workers, co-workers, everybody knows that you are a disciple of Christ. There is no doubt, okay, that's, that's one. So you have a testimony. Not only that, you are able to share your testimony with other people. It, have to be, it can be a, a short version, but you say, I, I used to be a liar, and now I'm not. I lie occasionally, okay? <laughs> but I'm not a consistent liar, okay? <laughs> so something like that, but you, you, you just share, why? Because Jesus showed me that he's the truth. So I, I don't do that anymore. That's a testimony right there, five minutes. So you, you share your testimony. Another big piece of discipleship is this. A disciple is one that spends time with God and understands the scriptures and is able to cite the scriptures and say, it is written. So it's so important, so important. Because, you know, most churches I hear, seven steps to be happy, five steps to fix your marriage, three steps, wait a minute, step, step, this is not cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Uh, we, need, we, need to, we need to use the Bible. You know, everything is in here. 56, 66 books. Okay? 
So before we read any other book, and I'm, uh, by the way, I'm not nothing against books. I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a book author. If you go to Amazon, Josmar Alvarez, there is a, around 10 books that I've written. Okay? So I'm not, I don't have nothing against books. Wait, are you serious about that? Yeah, I'm serious. I didn't know you wrote books. Oh, yeah, 10 books in Spanish and English. And, oh, but, you know, so that's not the point. But <laughs> the point is, <laughs> the point is that we have 66 books. So why, why, why are we spending time with these 66 books before we go to Amazon? You know, so when, when you are free to go do that, when you spend time with the Bible. So you have to understand the scriptures and leave it out. That's huge. So, and then the one that I really, um, you know, want to emphasize this morning also is the balance between ministry and mission. So discipleship, when you see God, he said that we are a nation of priests and kings. Priests and kings. Priesthood is all connected to ministry. Kingship is connected to mission and going out. So a true disciple is have a balance between first the local church and the global church. You are part of a local church, St. John, but you are also part of the global church, the church in the world. You are part of the visible church and you are part of the invisible church. And when we do communion, you see that. So that's, that's huge. But also a true disciple have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. So you have to have a ministry in the church. You know, you serve in your house. You serve in your local church. And you also have a mission outside of the local church. That's huge. So we have to keep that balance because that's what God is calling us to do. It doesn't matter what ministry you are doing. If you are in the worship band and you say, well, I'm in the worship band, done, check. No, that's the ministry. <laughs> what is your mission? What are you living it out? Are you connected to, um, to high points? Are you connected to the food pantry? You, so what are you doing? Beyond ministry of, you know, so it's, it's important um, that balance between ministry and mission. And the way we also live it out, disciples, if you see that, it's very important. Disciples are bilingual. <laughs> okay? And I'm not referring to language. Bilingual means that a disciple has to be able to use the Bible in the 21st century, use the Bible and share from the Bible in, in, in a scripture perspective and use God and use Bible verses. But bilingual means that you also have to be able to share the gospel without the Bible, without even mention the Bible one more time. Okay, so you use science, you use facts, you use creation, you use all these laws that we have that God has created and the evidence that God is real without using the Bible. And once the person receives Christ, then you can, or, or it's open to talk about God, then you can open the Bible. But if, you are, if the only way you can make disciples is just by opening your Bible, you will be limited in the 21st century. So you have to start a conversation where people are. And we can talk about anything, creation. We can talk about, and again, you know, most of the, of the challenges that I'm seeing actually in the 21st century, we have a Genesis problem in the, in, in the 21st century. Because every, the, most of the challenges that we are facing today all are in Genesis. You have creation versus evolution, Genesis. The, the issue of, of race and language and racism, Genesis. You know, the issue of marriage, marriage between a man and a woman, or two, two men, or two, wait a minute, it's Genesis. You need to go back to Genesis. The issue of identity, who we are, Genesis. So we have all these challenges that we have today that is, is, is huge that we go back to that. And I'm a veterinarian doctor. I'm a veterinarian doctor. So when I decided to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, I understood 
very well and very fast. It is easier to believe what is written than all this madness about evolution. One day I will talk about that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so that's, that's huge, right? That's huge. But we have to be able to articulate and defend our faith uh, in the 21st century. It's not enough believing anymore. Now we have to defend our faith like never before. So get ready, and we're going to train you to do that. Awesome. I do want to just expand just quickly yes. about an example of how we can live out being St. John to our community mm -hmm. here. So we have Liz Curtis Higgs, who's coming on the 21st next week. Um, if you don't know her, she's a local uh, renowned author and speaker. She's wonderful. She's wrote several books, one, Bad Girls of the Bible, very Bad Girls of the Bible, um, Women of Easter. But she's a great, wonderful woman who loves God and loves women of God. We have almost 85 people signed up for that so far. And that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I don't have a lot of St. John women signed up for that. Y'all. How can we have all these people coming from outside if I don't have my women here to love on them and support them and extend the love of Christ and live out this discipleship thing? So if you haven't signed up yet, sign up. If you don't know how, you come see me. I'll sign you up. I'll do whatever it takes to get you here. Uh, but it's going to be a wonderful time. We're going to have worship, and we're going to learn how to be women set free. We're going to learn how to more freely live as disciples in this world and as women. And that's very important. Uh, women are important in the Bible. You'll see God using women all throughout Scripture. Mm. And so it's a special kind of thing. We're uniquely made apart from man. And we have to learn how this works for us. And so I want you to come and be a part of that. Okay? Okay. Next question. I got on my pedestal. I'm off. <laughs> so to extend your thought um, about, you know, what discipleship is not, what a disciple is not, and what a, they are, how can we, as St. John, as this local church, the Little C, how do we become that disciple-making church? Good question. Well, one of the big things about uh, becoming a disciple-making church is to start, we, we, we need to start with us. <laughs> you know, we have to model what a disciple mm -hmm. is. Right? So Jesus, when Jesus was reaching and recruiting, recruiting disciples, each of them said, come and see, come and see, come and see. So come and see is huge. If people don't see a disciple, it's really hard to become one. They need to see one. So modeling is key. We all have to model what living out a life that pleases God is. When people see that, that's good. The second thing is motivation. We need to motivate each other. You know, life is very challenging. And we need to motivate each other, motivate each other to come, to follow Jesus, to read the Bible. But it has to be an, in, an in inner motivation, an intrinsic motivation, meaning coming from outside, coming, knowing, coming from, from the purpose of God, knowing your identity, you know, knowing who you are. That's the powerful motivator. Now, in the 21st century, we have a lot of extrinsic or uh, external motivation, money, salary, position. You cannot make disciples of that. Mm. And that's not lasting. So what is lasting is an intrinsic inner motivation. That's huge. We need to motivate each other. Another piece is mentoring, right? So the first two, modeling and motivating, we become friends. You are my friends, Barney, you know, I love you, and I'm the Barney <laughs> pastor, okay? But at some point, I have to transition between the Barney pastor, which is all about love, to mentoring, okay? And mentoring is when you give me permission as your pastor or as a fellow uh, member to invest in your life and spend time with you and growing in areas that you need to grow, 
okay? And you have to give me permission for that. And if you do, boom, now we are in discipleship. Now I can talk about finances with you. I can talk about your marriage. I can talk about your children. I can talk about anything and everything. It's huge. So mentorship is key, and, and that invites accountability, and there is no discipleship without accountability. And then multiplication, right? We have to find someone to pull out. Every Paul needs a Timothy, and every Timothy needs a Paul. Someone is mentoring you while you are mentoring someone else. So it's very important, you know, just to, to multiply uh, yourself. Disciples multiply. Believers believe. Disciples multiply. Members come and get things. Disciples go and do mission. Okay? So that's huge. And the last one is mobilization. Because if we do modeling and we mentor and we motivate and we multiply, we have a big church, but we don't mobilize then we die, it's like a cancer, <laughs> okay? So you grow, 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 but it's not grow with purpose. So mobilizing is key, right? We have to mobilize, again, ministry in the church, mission in the world, we have to mobilize and move. We have, and that means that as a church, we're going to have a system, a steps, where people come into the church from as A, and how from A we move to B, and from B to C. And you see that in Jesus, this is not, something that comes from a book that's outside of the Bible. Jesus says to, says to Peter, he said to Peter, Peter, follow me, number one. That's why that's, we say following Christ. Um, Peter, follow me, that's one. That's the first step. Number two, he said to him, then I will make you what? A fisher of men. So number two is fishing. You follow Christ, and then you what? You fish. And then the last piece in the second calling of Peter is feed my sheep. Three. So it's you follow, you fish, and you feed. In other words, you don't stay as a fish. You become a lamb and then a sheep. <laughs> okay, there is, there is transformation in that. And that is powerful because then you understand that it's not enough to say, oh, Jesus, come into my heart and sit down. Not, as, not in St. John. Perish that thought. <laughs> okay? We need to become what? Disciples, Jesus come to my life, now I'm a fish, <laughs> okay? Then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, to, to uh, become a fisher of men. I'm going to go and seek God and reach to others. Now you are doing the second piece, which is fishing, and the last piece is feeding and tending the sheep. In other words, work to one another, help each other, and help people who come to the, to the, to the doors of St. John. I've really seen, um, not only as a pastor here, but at other churches, I think people really struggle with that fishing part. Um, because it's, I mean, I don't know how many y'all fish, but you don't always catch, but you still have to keep throwing your line out. Yes. You still have to keep trying and trying and trying to catch a fish. You have to have great patience for that. And so I think it's easier to follow. It's easier to feed because those are tangible things that we can do and see and feel. Fishing is harder because you don't always catch the fish. So you have to keep persevering keep doing it. Keep and calling on the Spirit. Send me somebody. Send me somebody else that I can talk to, that I can reach out to, that I can love on and share the gospel with. And also, you know, really quick on this. In my first 10 years of ministry as a church planter, I, had a, I used to have a big emphasis on metrics. How many people um, come to Christ through you? How many people you baptized? Uh, how many people are baptized because of you? I, I, I used, that, that was my first 10 years, very passionate about, 
about that. And I ask people, okay, look around the church and how many of those who are here, they are, they are baptized or join the church because of you. If you see no one, red flag. <laughs> okay, because people supposed to be here, people who are here are here because of someone invested in you. But then the big piece here is that in the, in the last 10 years, um, what the Holy Spirit has been leading and teaching and, and, and impressing even more in my heart is that it's not about metrics. It's about obedience. So when people go out and actually go out and 10 people come to Christ through Ashley, and then no one comes to Christ through Chris, then what happens? Okay? We celebrate Ashley. Yay! She's awesome. And we create a culture of competing instead of complementing. And then Chris will feel like, next time I don't go. <laughs> okay, why? Because we made it about numbers and about metrics. When God says that he's the one who makes disciples, he's the one who brings people to Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the one that convinces people. Your job, my job, is not to convince people, it's to be obedient. So we need to celebrate those, celebrate those who are what? In obedience. Therefore, we celebrate both of them, hey, 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 because they both went out, they both opened their mouth, you have to open it, and share, it, share the gospel with people. We celebrate both. Now we have more people, you know, coming to Christ because it's not about how many people come to Christ through us. It's about us being obedient to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Amen. So today we're celebrating communion, a wonderful time uh, for us to come together around the table. But what makes communion, actually the sacraments of communion and baptism, so important for disciples and for St. John? Again, discipleship is about Christ. And this is why it's so important. Communion is, is huge because, but we need to connect communion to the cross. And that's what communion is. Communion is an expression of the cross, the body of Christ broken for you on the cross and the blood of Jesus shed for you on the cross. So if the cross is not close and anyone can access the cross, that's why in the Methodist Church we have an open table. Everyone can access the table because the table is a representation of the cross. The cross is the real thing. This is a remembrance, a sign, grace. So if the cross is not close, then communion table is either. But when we participate, in communion. We're not only connecting with the local church, doesn't matter where you are, um, we are also connecting with the world. Every person in Africa, Asia, Europe, um, Australia, Latin America, anyone that is taking communion elsewhere, now you became one with that person, with the global church. But not only with them, also with the invisible church. Paul says that we have this cloud of witness. All, the, all the, the, the believers, the disciples that went to the Lord, they are all part of this communion. So it's very important. So if you're going to miss a Sunday, guess what? Don't miss the first Sunday of the month because that's when we have communion. If you miss one Sunday and that Sunday happens to be the Sunday of communion, guess what? You have two months without communion. Okay? And, they, and, and, and as disciples, like the fish out of the water, we should be like, <laughs> you know, we need that. That's why Jesus established that. There is grace. There is power on the table. We need to come 
and participate to that. So, and that's why we're, and Linda, thank you. We're going with Linda places to self-communion to people who are homebound, and these people are having that experience at home, and it's powerful. And now one of the ladies said, I don't know, but we, we need to do this together. All, all the people that are at home, somebody have to roll us. Roll us in the, in the wheelchair, but let's do it together. Wow. So it's, it's powerful. And then baptism is your signature. Now you become a member of the body of Christ. So baptism is actually your membership, right? And we have to be baptized, and we have to follow Jesus. And if you are following Jesus, Jesus will lead you to the waters. If Jesus was baptized, guess what? We need to be baptized. And that's the true membership. It's not a card. It's not a connection card, which is helpful. It's a tool. <laughs> but the true, the true membership is through the waters. Once you go through the waters, and Jesus did, and we all have to do that, then we become, we become members of the body of Christ. So that's, that's so important that these two sacraments are only offered by the church. Uh, you cannot go to your house, open the shower, and say, I baptize myself in the name of Jesus. I baptize myself in the name of Jesus. I baptize myself in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's communal, okay? You have to come here, okay? You can do that. You can do that. So it's very important to come to the church for the sacraments because the church is the only organization, institution on earth with the assignment of offering the sacraments and with the assignment of making disciples. No one else has that uh, mission only us. Well, that wraps up our Q&A. So I'm, we, we are doing communion today. We're doing it differently. So I'm going to explain the differences, um, and then Yosemar is going to open the table up.